Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Life of Riley. Today on the podcast, we have my wonderful dad, Tom, who's going to come on and talk to us about following your dreams and pursuing your passions in a career. He's going to talk about being in the CIA. He's a former CIA officer, as well as um, other jobs that he's had throughout the years. Our goal is to inspire and inform you to make the best decisions when it comes to following your passions and pursuing your ideal career. As always, please don't forget to leave a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, wherever you choose to listen. And of course, feel free to shoot me an email at rileyrcarroll at gmail.com if you have any comments or questions about this episode. Thanks so much and enjoy this episode of The Life of Riley. Hi, Dad. Hello, Riley. How are you? Good. Happy Easter. Happy Easter to you as well. Thanks so much for taking the time to be on the podcast today. I'm looking forward to it. Thank I really you for, appreciate it. Thank you for asking me. Okay, so let's just get started. When you were growing up, what did you think you wanted to be when you grew up? When I was growing up, I didn't have a, uh, a specific career in mind. It's for me... When I look to the future and think about jobs and careers and where I want to be and what I want to do, I always think of very broad things, not specific things. So when I was a little boy, I wanted to do something adventurous and I wanted to do something where I got to travel and do exciting things and do the sorts of things that I would uh, see in movies, all right? So that's kind of what my motivation was. My motivations, I suppose, were, uh, I mean, almost aesthetic, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it was, you know, I want this to be something that I would like to you know, see in a movie. And I, I don't want to, I, mean, I wasn't that grandiose all the time, but that was the sort of thing that motivated me. So I, beginning when I was, I don't know, a teenager, and you start getting interested in music, my tastes have always run to movie soundtracks. Uh, Jerry Goldsmith, uh, Ennio Morricone was my favorite. And to this day, Morricone is my favorite composer. And I would think about careers, quote unquote, when I was listening to the music. I actually relate a lot to that. I think I got that from you. That's a lot of the motivations I have for like career goals. Yeah. Not necessarily a very specific thing, but more just like an experience and a... Actually, maybe that's the way to... to Put it, yeah, an experience. Yeah, yeah. as opposed to a particular yeah. field. I think yeah. that's cool. That's great. Okay, so um, once you got a little bit older and went off to college, what did you study in college, and why did you why did you pick that? I went um, I went to USC down in in you know the University of Southern California down in LA. Fight on. And my fight on, and I uh, I majored in philosophy. I was. Um, I was interested in philosophy before I got there. It sort of started, uh, the interest started growing, I suppose, when I was in high school. And there was a, uh, a particular philosopher at USC named John Hospers, whom I knew about, and who I, I read some of his books before I got there. So I was kind of going to SC. I was you know, interested in taking some courses from Hospers. Uh, philosophy, as it turned out, really suited me. Mm -hmm. I love the... Uh, I mean, to this day, it's it's a hobby with me. I like the big questions. I like yeah. the, um, you know, 
meaning of life sorts of questions and yeah where did this too. all where did this all come from and where is it all heading and yeah things like that and i suppose that that this that same sort of broad general approach sort of that was the, the probably some parallels with the way i looked at careers too you know yeah so when you were studying philosophy in college what did you have in mind as a career path like did you want to be a philosopher or how did that for a while in? i absolutely wanted to be a philosopher mm -hmm. yes i did and um, I decided against it. That would that would have meant you know going on to graduate school and mm -hmm. you know getting a, a PhD in philosophy. Mm -hmm. uh, little things I talked about you know, sort of my sort of these these big grand ambitions. Yeah, I didn't lose them, but I with experience comes you sort of hone your uh, your ambitions and your goals. Mm -hmm. And you take into account sort of reality, what you can actually, you as a person could actually accomplish. Mm -hmm. And when I started uh, taking my philosophy courses, I realized very quickly, talking to professors, there weren't a lot of jobs in philosophy. Yeah. All right. So that was okay. Well, that's fine. Well, I, you know, I could be one of those who, who gets those jobs. Yeah. But then as I sort of pursued it, you know, I'm a bright guy mm -hmm. and I'm a hard worker. But the people who were teaching me were so much smarter than me, right? I don't believe that. I mean, no, they were. I mean, the professors <laughs> at USC, my philosophy professors, was sort of like, you know, these are the people that I would be competing with right. for jobs. Yes. And when you would sit down with a professor who would be fluent in ancient Greek, fluent in Latin, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, and... Um, you know, and then and that was just the base, right? Then yeah. also, you know, you know, got his, you know, PhD from Harvard. There was mm -hmm. one woman who uh, was a uh, my logic professor, mm -hmm. and she was coming from Berkeley, oh, and yeah. she had the, you know, she had her Latin and Greek, and, yeah. I mean, so I was sort of thinking, you know, I probably wouldn't be, I probably wouldn't be successful doing that, mm -hmm. and also, it uh, you also have to sort of take into account. You know what you're really willing to put in and what i i said to myself am i really going to want to do you know five years six years of really hard work mm -hmm. um and not be oh gosh far from you know being guaranteed a job but you know very possibly not get a job in, yeah, in my field totally or do i take philosophy as an undergraduate mm -hmm. really enjoy it learn a lot and have something that i can have a lot of fun with the rest of my life and yeah. enjoy the rest of my life. Do not, when you, here's some unsolicited advice, <laughs> but when you... Um, That's what this podcast is all about. Is it? Okay, yeah. okay. Well, then we're going to get plenty of it. Yeah. <laughs> um, when you think about careers, don't, don't discount the importance of hobbies. Mm -hmm. And don't discount the importance of uh, what you're going to do with your free time. Mm -hmm. um, when uh, Aristotle would talk about leisure... He was not talking about sitting around doing nothing. He was not talking about watching television. When Aristotle talked about leisure, leisure was, was high activity as far mm -hmm. as Aristotle was concerned. And that was when you weren't trying to feed yourself. Yeah. You know, you weren't working to, you know, to, to get Survive, by, yeah. but you were able to concentrate on really some important things. Mm -hmm. And that's the way you should think of, of leisure. You're going you're gonna to work, but remember that you will have time to uh, pursue things that interest you. If you have, if you're interested in travel, for example, maybe you'll get a job that will allow you to work overseas. But if not, then uh, 
get another job that that uh, you know you might enjoy and uh, travel in your leisure time. in your leisure time when you're yeah. taking vacations things like that yeah that's anyway. great I like that advice so I to this day my a lot of my leisure time is taken up with philosophy. Right, reading philosophy yeah. yeah I think that's great I think that um I was actually talking with a friend just the other day talking about hobbies mm-hmm. and this is a, this is my hobby this podcast is right. my hobby and I love it it's not my job but I think a lot of people obviously if, if you really enjoy a hobby you would probably enjoy doing it as a job mm-hmm. but you yes. can't always do it as a job and that's exactly. why hobbies are important and hobbies can be my gosh you can uh, you can make tremendous comp- uh, contributions to the world I mean you could be really accomplished in your hobby I had a uh, he's dead now but he was my uh, my great uncle mm-hmm his name was Dudley Gold, mm-hmm. and Dudley uh, went to uh, he went to he moved to Mexico when he was very young mm-hmm. at about the time of World War One. I, mm-hmm. I believe that I actually believe he went to Mexico to get out of World War One to avoid oh. the draft. Okay, cool. He was yeah he was what a, a cool name. Yeah, yeah I know. Dudley Gold. Dudley Gold. <laughs> anyway, he he went to Mexico. Mm-hmm. He got a job uh, with Anaconda Copper mm-hmm. and worked for Anaconda Copper his whole life. He married down there, had a big family down there. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know what he was doing at, at, for Anaconda Copper, some sort of business, mm-hmm. but he was interested in cactus. Mm-hmm. And he would go out in the uh, in the deserts in northern Mexico mm-hmm. and look at cactus, read books about cactus, mm-hmm. learn about cactus. Uh, he wound up becoming one of Mexico's foremost experts on cactus. He taught at the uh, university in Mexico City. That's cool. He, oh, he's totally cool. He, uh, he has like, three or four species of cactus named after him so he then several of them that he discovered Mm -hmm. and it was that was his hobby hope he wasn't a prick (laughs) (laughs) get it (laughs) that's cool though that's really cool i like that so, so pursue comedy as a hobby if i were you right yeah not as a uh so i've been told yeah Uh, but anyway that's that's just sort of an example of of you know hobbies that can be I mean, great. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. When you were, um, so you're coming out of college, majoring in philosophy, mm-hmm. interest in philosophy, but an eye maybe on some other kind of a job. Sure. What was your first job out of college? I was, um, I had a radio show for pretty close to a year mm-hmm. um, in Central California, and it was kind of a a, um, a call-in talk show. That's so cool. It was back, yeah, that was back before call-in talk shows were... Uh, all that common yeah in uh in california back then that this would have been uh the early 1980s mm-hmm. uh talk radio in california was dominated by kgo out of san francisco mm-hmm. and i would um uh, i listened to kgo growing up my father liked kgo yeah my father did not like my father didn't enjoy music uh-huh. so whenever we would go anywhere on any family trips it would be we would be listening to kgo the whole time yeah so um, that's where I sort of got sort of exposed to to talk radio. So I had a, a, a talk show for about, again, the better part of a year. How did you get a talk show on the radio? I went and um, I went to two or three radio stations and pitched the idea. And uh, the third or fourth one bought off on it and gave me a job. That's really cool. The uh, I was uh, when I was at USC, USC has a great film school mm-hmm. and I uh Probably the best in the world. Mm-hmm. Although UCLA would dispute that. And, yeah, sure, uh, sure. NYU, but nonetheless. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so I sort of uh, 
I majored in, in philosophy, but I, I minored in cinema just because I was I enjoyed it. Yeah. And it's actually hard work if you major in cinema at USC. It's hard to get into the USC yeah. film school. Yep. And once you get there, it's a lot of work. Yeah. But if you minor in cinema, it's really easy. It's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's going to classes, watching movies. I mean, yeah, it's a, it's stuff really, you enjoy. It's wonderful, yeah. So um, anyway, I made a lot of friends who were, uh, you know, went on into the entertainment industry. And so I kind of got the idea that uh, that's where I sort of got the idea for radio. Mm-hmm. And um, I actually had a friend of mine who had a radio show on uh, KUSC, which was the... Mm-hmm probably still is, uh, Campus Radio. Yeah. And I was on there with him once or twice or two or three times. Yeah. And um, so that's where I got the idea for for to try radio. I was, I, I wanted to do something big and different and inventive. Yeah. And that was the idea. So cool. I was, you know, I, I that was sort of my first step into something that was, you know. Really quite unique, honestly. Very different. Kind of the kind of my thought. That yeah. Was, that was what I was, what I was shooting for. That's awesome. And by the way, not uh, I, I, not an insignificant point. I was doing it when I was young. Right. I'm really, really big on sort of phases in life. Mm-hmm. The sorts of things you should do when you are in your early 20s, very different than what you should be doing in your 40s, very different than what you should be doing in your 60s, I think. Mm-hmm. And when you are in your, your late teens, your 20s, into your 30s, mm-hmm. Try something, you know, yeah. do something different. Do something that you've always wanted to do. Do something that, that other people aren't doing. Do mm-hmm. something that might sort of take you away from life as you've known it and put you someplace new. Yeah. Uh, if That's, would be my, my uh, suggestion. And, and that's obviously not for everybody. I mean, right. I, most people will have a uh, sort of a much more, Practical set of ambitions, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Right. That is great. Part of this is sort of knowing yourself. What kind of person are you? Mm -hmm. But if you are the person who sort of has an idea that, you know, I want to try something, try something different, do that when you're young. Yeah. Uh, One of the things that that young people underestimate, and uh, I'm not, now this is not like a counsel for recklessness. Right. But young people tend to underestimate how much you can recover from. Yeah. You know, a mistake, a misstep, yeah. a big misstep, mm-hmm. you know, five years down the drain, whatever. Yeah. You, you really can come back. Mm-hmm. You really can recover from that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when you do get a setback, mm-hmm. a big setback, mm-hmm. maybe a major setback. Yeah. It's important to remember that. I think a lot of the times, uh, that uh, a lot of the time young people will will get unduly worried and unduly depressed yeah. when they see uh, something they've tried and they and they fail. Mm-hmm. That's you'll come back. It'll it'll be fine. That's something that you you learn as you get older, and it's something that that when you're young, you need to try to appreciate. You'll. You'll come back. You'll bounce back. This yeah. is going to be okay. Yeah. Did you have Did you have a, a major setback or like a misstep that you recovered from? No. Actually. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Actually, I never did. That's good. Yeah. I never did. And and that was, uh, I'd like to say that's, you know, perseverance and insight. Yeah. But yeah. it wasn't. It was, there was some luck to it. Totally. Um, but also, here's another thing about, about failure and setbacks. Mm-hmm. And this is going to sound perhaps a little bit um, 
like you're telling yourself stories, but yeah. it's that's not the case. Much of it really is how you look at things. Yeah. Uh, part of the reason when I look at back at my life that I don't see any serious setbacks, mm-hmm. I never interpreted it, uh, you know, As problems such, that right. way. I could have, um, I suppose, after a year of trying the radio and uh, deciding it's not going anywhere, so I'm going to do something else. I suppose I could have kept that as I could have viewed that as a setback, as yeah. a as as a failure. Right. But I didn't. Right. I felt I looked at it as I was the I was radio. on the radio for a year. Yeah. And so actually, my next job that I that really did go places and I and I uh, I got traction. Consider it kind of my main career. Yeah. Uh, I um I actually used the radio when, to when I when I interviewed. They said, oh. what are the things that you can, you know, what are your, some of your experiences? What have you done that yeah. can, we, you know, we might want to hire you? Yeah. And I said, well, I had a radio show and I talked about that. Yeah, that's awesome. That was sort of the way I looked at it. It was something I did. I succeeded. I had it for a year. Mm-hmm. I counted that as a, as, a, uh, as a success. Totally. There's something that, there's something to that. So when you talk about the second job, yes. what what was your second career and how did you jump from radio i feel like a lot of people listening to this especially my age one of our biggest issues is like jumping between careers trying to connect between something you've done and something you want to do yeah. and switching careers it's really quite tricky how so my did you second navigate? career i was yeah. a, i was a secret agent my yeah second career. that's so cool and, yeah. how do you jump to being a secret from agent a, dad yeah well um, that's right well first of all first of all you want you, you do want some inspiration right right yeah right? yeah um and um you know, if that means some John Barry music, yeah, you, yeah, you, you that that always can help. Pop it on. Um, when I uh, when I was finished with uh, with the radio and was deciding to do something else, still very much wanted something, you know, big and exciting and, and adventurous and different. Yeah. So one thing I said, well, um, a fighter pilot. Mm-hmm. So I I went and I uh, I applied to the Air Force and mm-hmm. I was on track for. Uh, Air Force Officer Candidate School, and Very I was going to cool. be—I was going to be a, a fighter pilot. Mm-hmm. I thought that would be. Yeah, I thought that would That'd be, be cool. sweet. Then I also thought to myself, "Well, I'd also like to be a secret agent, right? Yeah. I think it'd yeah. be fun to be a spy." Yeah. So I, uh, at the time, now this is very different today. Uh, you, today you go on to, you know, you go on to a CIA website and you apply there. Mm-hmm. But I just, um, I picked up the Los Angeles phone book, mm-hmm. and I, I looked up. Central Intelligence Agency, and there was a there was a, a number in an office. So, <laughs> so cool. I called and uh, <laughs> said that that I wanted a, I wanted a job. I wanted to I, I wanted to talk to you about being, about being a, a, a CIA officer. I said <laughs> about being a spy. Yeah, <laughs> and um, they uh, I, I forget exactly how it all worked, but basically they said, "Well, send us a letter." Yeah, <laughs> they gave me an. Uh, I sent the letter, and they mm-hmm. got back to me and mm-hmm. said, "Come on in and talk." Mm-hmm. So I went in and talked. And that sort of started the ball rolling. And uh, yeah. I don't know, about nine months, a year later, it's a long process. Mm-hmm. I was um, I was hired and I was undercover. I couldn't tell anybody. Yeah. I had to, uh, I told my, my mother and my father. Uh-huh. What was their reaction? That was it. They thought it was cool. They thought that it, uh, that I would, they thought I wouldn't get hired. Oh, right? okay. So like throughout start, the, through so, the process. So throughout the process. And so there was, they were pretty much saying that, that, you know, you really should be pursuing something practical practical i don't want to criticize my parents at all no no yeah but i have always remembered that i tried with uh with you and your brother to never 
play the practicality card. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. It's um, so awesome. You know, do do what's cool and do what's fun. Yeah. And uh, now I give my parents credit. They told me I should be more practical, but they said, on the other hand, if this is what you want to try to do, try yeah, it. you can try it. We'll we'll make sure you're fed and clothed until, yeah. until you get, you know, word one way or another. Yeah. But yeah, they thought it was, and once I got it, they thought it was pretty neat. Yeah. They were, uh, they were sometimes worried about, you know, the danger involved and things like that. Yeah. Although there's much less danger than you'd think. Sure. Uh, but anyway, um, depending on where you go and what you do. So anyway, yeah, it took about a year and I got, yeah. I got hired and I was hired into the, uh, the directorate of operations, the uh -huh. directorate of operations, the, the DO is the part of the CIA that goes overseas and, and operates clandestinely. And mm -hmm. you, uh, you live a secret life. You have, uh, you're there claiming to do one kind of job. And in fact, you're there to steal secrets. Yeah. That's so cool. Oh yeah. It was fun. It, it was actually absolutely as much fun as you would think. It's, yeah. You sort of think like, well, yeah, but once you get doing it, it sort of gets routine. Actually, Never it doesn't it. get routine. It's sort of like, <laughs> Every flipping day you're out there and you're thinking to yourself, holy cow, this is so great. Yeah, that is so cool. <laughs> yeah, it really is. It's fun. That is so cool. Especially if you're, you know, you're when you're operating overseas and all of that. Yeah, which you were. Which I did. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I did. I was in the, uh, I was in uh, Europe division mm -hmm. and uh, I spent most of my time in the Middle East. Mm -hmm. And this was, uh, this was before 9-11, before the, you know, before things got really rough in the Middle East. When I was there, it was really... Uh, it was it was beautiful and fun and mm -hmm. and our 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 focus was on um, was on the Soviet Union. We were this was this was the Cold War. Mm -hmm. So you know, for example, you know, operating in when I would be I was we, I lived oh, actually now Mom and I worked when I, I got hired in the uh, in the agency. I, I worked in the agency for about a year or so, and a uh, year or two, and then um, your mom and I got married, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, and so she joined me. We were pretty much together. Uh, my whole time in the agency, the CIA will go out of their way to make things good for families because things could be, you know, not being able to, I mean, I lied to my mother about what I was doing, or, yeah. you know, my, not to my mother, but my grandmother, my yeah. aunts and my uncles, all my friends, you know, it, you, it's kind of isolating Yeah, and it can be. Um, so you really rely on your friends in the agency. Those are your, you make some very deep friendships mm -hmm. and your spouse, wife or husband, has to be very much part of the family too. Mm -hmm. So what the agency tries to do is they try to to um, bring your you know the wife or the husband sort of bring them on board as well. Mm -hmm. It was really easy to do with mom. Yeah, because your mother has you know a, a, she's very bright. Right. Uh, she has a talent for language. Real, really she good is, talent yeah, for language. She's, yeah. Um, she's beautiful now. She mm -hmm. was beautiful then she was yeah I mean, I mean she'd been a model when she was a teenager yeah, 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 in yeah orange yeah. county down she's at, so pretty yeah, she was gorgeous yeah I mean, she is gorgeous mm -hmm. personable great at parties yeah. great at meeting people so it was very very easy for right. them to to bring her on and, mm -hmm. and uh incorporate her and incorporate her and, and she would have you know all, had, had all sorts of stuff to do yeah we a, um, insanely high social iq and oh, ability to be able to yeah. talk to people she's and that's really kind good. of what you what you want in, in something yeah. like CIA. We lived in, in, you know, in some really nice places, Istanbul, Turkey, Ankara, mm -hmm. Turkey, you know, elsewhere. Yeah. And uh, the enemy was always, it was it was the East Bloc. It was the Warsaw Pact. It was the Soviet Union. Wonderful times. I mean, that, that was sort of the, 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 you know, classic spy movies. Yeah. Working against the, working against the Soviets, working against the communists. So We cool. had a, um, 
as I said, we lived in Istanbul. We, we had an apartment on the Bosphorus, which is the, uh, the body of water that flows from the Black Sea down into the, uh, the Sea of Marmara and then out into the, uh, the Aegean mm-hmm. and then out into the Mediterranean. Mm-hmm. And uh, gorgeous apartment with big plate glass windows in front, right? Yeah. And this was, uh, this was you know, in the, uh, the mid 1980s. So very much still the still you know, the Cold War was you know in high gear at the time and our very first day our very first hour, and I w- was in the back part of the back of the apartment doing something I don't know looking mm-hmm. through closets, and Rebecca said you know your mom Rebecca yeah. said uh, Tom come here quick right so I <laughs> ran to the front of the apartment, and she was standing by the by the big plate glass windows and opened the door and stepped out onto the balcony and we were you know 10 or 15 yards from from the bosphorus right there on the edge absolutely gorgeous place wow and there was a huge ship that was going by Mm -hmm. great big freighter and on the you know they had the smokestacks yeah and on the smokestack there was a giant red and yellow hammer and sickle right that's so weird communist hammer and sickle and it was like yeah, man, that's why we're here, Jack. That's, that's it, so baby. cool. It's, it's, it's because they're here, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, we're here to fight them, right? And that is just, so cool. Yeah, it was one of those moments where you're sort of saying, pursuing a career for the feeling, mm-hmm. pursuing a career for, for the, the experience of for it the experience of it, that's, that's the sort of experience. That is that's so cool. That's the sort of thing I wanted. That's the sort of experience I wanted to have. And, yeah. Yeah. I think it's interesting when you talk about um, the kind of experience that you wanted because on the one hand, a lot of people that want like big, grandiose dreams, Mm -hmm. it's a certain kind of person. Mm -hmm. But I actually find you to be a little bit different in that someone that wants to be like a movie star Mm -hmm. or a radio host, right? right? Something like that. It's a very public job. Like the kind of experience you're getting, people know who you are, they know what you do. You're getting like tons of public positive reinforcement all the time immediate gratification yeah and with your job and i can't actually even think of another job off the top of my head like yours where any like wow that's so cool that's awesome you're so cool it comes like way after the job is done because people don't know it yes so you have you kind of have to be motivated by like not really other people thinking that what you do is cool but just like only yourself thinking that what you do is cool you're kind of interesting yeah yourself Not only yourself. Or but. your, well, but so it's your, yeah, you, you have to have, be very much self-contained. Sort of yeah. a self-motivated person. Yeah. Um, like not attention you also seeking. Get it, then you also, you're also going to get, uh, it's important what your, what your family, you know, what your wife would think of you or your right. husband. Yeah. And then that's why, your very point that you've made, that's why friendships in the, uh, in the CIA tend to run so deep mm-hmm. and go for your entire life. These are the only people that you can talk to about what it is you do. Yeah. And you're the only one that, you know, that they can talk. Even later in life, mm-hmm. I've made some good friends now in the last few years mm-hmm. with people who had uh, who had had careers in the agency just yeah. like just like I did. I had didn't know them at the time, but after you're out and you're, you know, mm-hmm. retired, moved on to other things. I'm not retired, but you know, moved on to other things. Yeah. And you meet them and there's immediately this bond that you don't have with anybody else. Even though I didn't know you back when we were working at the agency, nonetheless, Very I know cool. exactly what it was like. Yeah. You know what it was like. Nobody else does. Yeah. So you've immediately got all kinds of things to talk about, you know, people that you, you know, know. Did you know this guy? Did you know that guy? Where were you here? Where were you Yeah, there? Yeah, yeah. yeah. What kinds of backgrounds do other p- people that you work with 
What kind of backgrounds did they have? Anything you can think of. No matter what question you have, mm -hmm. no matter what it is you're interested in, mm -hmm. you will find somebody in the CIA who is an expert on it. The, the reason that we have uh, an intelligence service, mm -hmm. the reason that any major nation, any great power has an intelligence service, mm -hmm. is so you can understand the world. Mm -hmm. and you can understand what you're facing. Mm -hmm. You can understand you know, what might be coming at you, all right? Mm -hmm. In order to get that kind of understanding, you need all kinds of people. Yeah. You need scientists, you need historians, mm -hmm. you need people who are good at technical things. Mm -hmm. You need people who are like me, I, you know, I, I had I had philosophy. Well, what that means is that I could understand Marx. Yeah. Therefore, when I go to a to a party or something like that and, and someone is there from the Soviet Union, yeah. I can, you know, I can talk. Yeah. Right? I can yeah, talk yeah. as an example. Yeah. No matter what you're interested in, no matter what you do, there's probably a place for you in the CIA, actually. How did you get over whatever the practical side of you was to really go for a career like being in the CIA when it was pretty unlikely that you would ever get right. it? Right. Like, how do you how do you really pursue something that's so unlikely? Uh, you do it a couple of ways. First of all, you don't aim for one thing. If you mm -hmm. are going to do, if you are going to, uh, if you want to do something sort of sort of big and out of the ordinary, mm -hmm. don't pick one narrow aspect of it, right? Sure. I mean, try, think about doing lots of different things and apply in lots of different places mm -hmm. and keep your options open. You don't want to be too specific, okay? okay. You, you really, really don't. Mm -hmm. um, that's kind of the secret. Okay. That's, that's the secret. What do you mean by don't be too specific? Like not a particular job or not yeah. a particular field, not a particular job not in a field. Not a particular field. job, not even a particular field. So again, we're just, we're, so we're talking about the intelligence world. Sure, right? yeah. We're talking about the U.S. intelligence community, for example, has, mm -hmm. I think, 17 agencies, National Security Agency, NSA, yeah. DIA, Defense Intelligence Agency, CIA. Uh, the FBI is actually part of the... Uh, the intelligence community all right if you're in, and then and then the, each military unit will right. have its, you know they'll they'll be you know navy intelligence and all mm -hmm. that sort of stuff if you are interested in in working in uh, in intel living overseas apply to all of them and when you get other opportunities to do other things take those and look at them positively success in life cannot be geared to being successful at a particular thing mm -hmm. because very probably you are not going to be uh, successful at this particular thing you go for right all right especially these days mm -hmm. when people tend to change jobs and change careers keep your options open keep your mind open when you were talking about um Back in college, you were really interested in philosophy, mm -hmm. but you realized that your professors were, in your words, like smarter than you. Yeah, I mean, better like, at that stuff you know, than you. Quite a bit. I mean, you're yeah, talking about a different level. You're talking about a different level. Yeah, sure. Why is it important for people to understand what they're good at and what they're interested in and and meld the two? Like, why should you not go for something that you're just really not innately good at? Does that question make sense? Like, not the question does screen? make sense. So this is. That's a great question. Or why avoid things that you're not good at? Going to go back to Aristotle because, frankly, I think Aristotle is the one who got the world right. Yeah. <laughs> and we are we could all do uh, do very well by you know with reading and with a little Aristotle. Something is good to the degree that it actualizes, that it fulfills, that it exemplifies a nature. Okay. So, for example, very very simple. You have a a triangle. There is the nature of triangularity, right? Mm -hmm. A uh, closed plane figure with three sides, three straight sides. That's mm -hmm. a triangle. A closed plane figure with three straight sides. 
a, if the sides of a triangle are loose and wavy, mm -hmm. that is a worse triangle mm -hmm. than if the triangle has perfectly straight sides drawn with a, you know, with a, uh, you know, with a ruler and, right? Mm -hmm. A better or worse triangle is a triangle that more or less exemplifies the nature of triangularity. On a vastly more complicated level, yes. a good person mm -hmm. is a person who more or less or more exemplifies the ideal of humanity. Mm -hmm. Now that, that that were at a really complicated level, but right. but I mean a good a good person, human beings, in order to flourish as rational beings, have to value truth. Yes. A person objective according to Aristotle, yeah. objectively speaking, a person who doesn't care about truth mm -hmm. is a worse person right. than someone who cares about truth. Yes. So a person who is who is honest and does not evade the truth and mm -hmm. hide from the truth is objectively a better person mm -hmm. because they better and more fully and more perfectly exemplify human nature. And mm -hmm. our nature is to value truth because otherwise we we will perish. Yeah. If we turn our back on truth, we will perish. Okay. Yeah. So with all that so with all that as background, why do something you're you're you know you're not good at? And this is not to say you just stretch, try new things. But the thing is, is that to be a good, let's say you're let's say we're talking about Joey, right? Yeah. To be good at Joey, you've got to understand what Joey is. Yes. Understand yourself. Uh-huh. Understand you have a a nature, not just as a person, but as the person that you are. Like an individual. As an individual. Understand who you are, mm -hmm. what your nature is, mm -hmm. and perfect that nature. Mm -hmm. This is, sounds almost like psychology, but it's not. Actualize yourself. Yeah. Become become who you are. Yeah. All right. There's don't why do something you're not good at? Because that's not who you are. Yeah. All right? Yeah. That's not who you are. Mm -hmm. You are someone with specific interests, or maybe not specific interests, but with these interests, these talents, mm -hmm. um, these circumstances, and that's the person you are. Actualize that. Perfect that. Uh -huh. Don't let yourself get hemmed in. Don't say, oh, well, man, I'm just, you know, this is, I'll... You know, I'm me and I'll never be anything better or anything yeah. different. No, no, don't let yourself do that. Because mm -hmm. part of what you are, mm -hmm. part of what you are as a human being is you do have potentials. Mm -hmm. And you have a, your your potential is practically limitless. You can't uh, actualize all of it. You know, yes. Sort of using Aristotle's language here. Right. You can't actualize all of your potentials. When you actualize this potential, there are, you know, countless others that you are, are choosing no. not to, act, uh, to actualize. Mm -hmm. But... Generally speaking, we're speaking fairly abstractly here, mm -hmm. there are a cluster of potentials that you have that are part of your nature mm -hmm. that you need to actualize. Shaquille O'Neal. Yeah. Right? Shaquille O'Neal's doing commercials now. Yeah. Shaquille O'Neal's pretty funny, yeah. actually. Yeah, he, yeah, he does yeah. some pretty some yeah. pretty funny commercials. Mm -hmm. And that's cool. At this point in his life, God knows what is he, in his 40s now or yeah. something? I don't know. One time right? I met him, he told me I was short. <laughs> <laughs> I remember True that. story. I, yeah. I, know, I remember that, yeah. Um, so um, right now he's doing other things because, mm -hmm. you know, he did have other potential. It turns out he's a funny guy, right? Yeah. So he can do commercials. But 
when he was 19 years old, mm -hmm. he said, I've got a potential to be a great basketball player. Yeah. And he chose to actualize that potential. Mm -hmm. It would have been wrong for Shaquille O'Neal when he was 19, 18 years old to say, hey, you know what? I'm going to hit the nightclubs and I'm going to be a stand-up comedian. Yeah. Now, you know, Shaquille, you probably are kind of funny. Yeah. But what you really are good at is basketball because of the fact that you're so high, you're so tall and you've yes. got the athletic ability and right. the coordination and all that, yes. right? At some very real level, objective level, it would have been wrong for him yeah. to have turned his back on that, right. right? He is, and the pleasure that he got, the enjoyment that he got, the success that he got flowed from mm -hmm. the fact that he understood Mm -hmm. his personal, you know, his nature, mm -hmm. who he was, mm -hmm. and perfected that and actualized it. The uh, the, the the famous little uh, inscription at the Oracle of uh, Delphi, mm -hmm. know thyself. Good advice. That goes back to the Greeks, ancient Greeks, the time of Aristotle. Know yourself. Why is it important to know yourself? Because that that's what you need to perfect. Yeah. You need to be the best Riley Carroll you can be. Yeah. That's what you that's what you want to do. So dad, what about your nature did you identify and capitalize on? I like reading and I like thinking and I like um I like sort of interesting conceptual things. That's why I enjoyed philosophy. Mm -hmm. So when I uh joined the uh CIA, one of the things that I was able to do, one of the sort of the little features of my nature that I was able to to work on perfecting, although I obviously didn't perfect it, but uh was Sort of that um, intellectual curiosity. What about my nature should I make a career out of? Well, if you think about it, doing doing podcasts is very much part of your nature. Look at the, you look at the things, the things that you were good at, mm -hmm. right? You're good at speaking. Tell me how I'm excellent. Well, I mean, you know, you're good at, for example, you're good at you're good at speaking. I'd say that you're you're you know fast on your feet when it comes you know when it comes to um, what to say, how to respond. You're very good with people. The, the work you do right now. Mm -hmm. is you know interacting with people yeah so i would say that you on you have a very strong what social iq i suppose thanks dad and so you want to Use you that. want to pursue that did you tell other people did you vocalize what you wanted to do to other people before you did it career-wise oh when i was growing up well, when yeah. it was obviously, specifically with the cia no yeah because right. you can't tell you, people you can't tell people about that that you're um that you're pursuing that generally speaking yes with my friends with my friends mm -hmm. you know we would uh you know when i was in college we would you know talk about you know what we wanted to do and what our mm -hmm. our uh our plans were and what our hopes were and and we would encourage each other never been one of these people who thinks you know i don't want to tell anybody what i want to do because then if i don't do it people are going to think that yeah that's kind of actually how i feel sometimes you don't want to do that Okay. You don't want to do that. Be yourself. Be natural. The whole part, well, one of the whole ways of looking at this mm -hmm. is know yourself, Yeah. be yourself, and develop yourself. How can um, someone like me and my listeners, how can we best prepare ourselves to pursue ideal fields or types of jobs? How do you prepare for that? I mean, just notice what your hobbies are, what mm -hmm. you enjoy doing. Mm -hmm. You will always do better uh, pursuing something you enjoy. Yeah. You you do a better job. You uh, you uh, like it more. You get uh, you get more rewards for it. I mean, everything. Mm -hmm. The toughest thing in the world must be doing something you don't want to do. Yeah. And I think that's good advice too, specifically for people that can't 
pursue their hobbies or their passions exactly in their career. It's just finding ways yeah. to work it in or pursuing it on the side. Exactly. Because not everyone obviously is going to be able. Exactly. Not everyone and can afford to to just pursue blindly. No, but if you but if you look at it that way, if you if you remember that that your your leisure time is just as important mm-hmm. to actualizing yourself as mm-hmm. your as your work, mm-hmm. and at the same time in your work, look at things where you're good that you enjoy. Let me give you an example. Let me give you just an example of this. <laughs> I love okay? examples. All right. So um, right now I'm a contractor and I'm a teacher. I, I teach, uh, my clients are in the federal government, okay? Mm-hmm. One of my hobbies, for years I've, I've, I've collected fountain pens. I have very nice fountain pens. I like handwriting. Yeah. I like that. Um, can you be bougie and tell everyone? Because I just found this out. I like, no, no, how no, much I, do? How much does the pen cost that you write with? Eight no, eight hundred dollars. <laughs> no, let's let's put a little context into that. Years and years ago, literally decades ago, um, when I didn't have any responsibilities whatsoever, <laughs> my wife and I had just been married, and we had we were living overseas, and basically we didn't have any expenses because everything was being picked up for us more or less. Um, I um, I got a Mont Blanc. Uh, uh, Mont Blanc 146, which mm-hmm. is a today it's going for like seven hundred dollars, eight hundred. Yeah. Anyway, jeez Louise. Anyway, but anyway, so but I you like, love fountain pens. I enjoy I like fountain pens. I enjoy handwriting. I enjoy calligraphy and all that sort of stuff. Okay, mm-hmm. so and I'm good at that, and that's sort of yeah. sort of one of my hobbies. Now, one of the things that I do is when I um, when I correct students' work, or particularly when I students give uh, presentations and I write responses and critiques and you did well here and you did, you know, you know, think about this next time. I do it in longhand and I do it with loopy. Oh, your calligraphy. Oh, that's awesome, Dad. And it's, I love it. It's fun. They like it. Yeah. They like getting, you know, getting feedback that's done in, you know, not nice red flowing cursive. Yeah. So that's, that is that's so cool. I didn't know which, that. At, yeah, yeah. So that's a that is um, a case in which I've got a hobby, mm-hmm. which is I like fountain pens. I like you like collecting I like pens and, and calligraphy. I like I like writing. Mm-hmm. I like you know I like longhand. I like cursive. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got a job where I'm a teacher. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and so how do I bring how do I bring my hobby to my job? Well, feedback my students get they get really nice you know long you know longhand written. In another example, like if I were a teacher in some way or some mm-hmm. capacity, yeah. I could, um, without the student's permission, record all of our conversations and post them, <laughs> post them on my podcast. Excellent, Riley. Boy, that would be that would be that great. would be good, right? Yes, that I would, could do that as well. That's a, and you could uh, incorporate. And when it. you get when when you get sued, you could just you could play the self actualization card yeah. and see how far it gets you. Exactly. Yeah. I yeah. could say, actually, you could quote Aristotle. <laughs> yeah, this is what I'm doing here. Yeah, okay? it's it's. Uh, yeah. I'm actualizing my potential. That's, yeah. that's what's happening. And then I'm going to tell the police officer, and you should go actualize yours, and then <laughs> right. I'll walk away. That's right. That's what I'll do. How do you balance, or how would you advise someone to balance taking risks, but also being practical in taking risks to do what you want to do, but being practical in maintaining a lifestyle that you or your family the, the The secret there, going back to Aristotle one more time. Love it. Is... Um, is moderation cowardice on the one hand being you know afraid to do anything mm-hmm. on the other ex- the other extreme you have foolhardiness where you just you know you you do things without 
ever considering the consequences and you know who cares what happens right both extremes are undesirable the midpoint courage is don't be crazy right don't go don't don't be you know think about the consequences mm -hmm. but at the same time when you're when you face some adversity stand up and push through dad this was such good advice that's awesome thank you so much do you have any other um, thoughts or comments or pieces of advice? I really don't, Riley. But I, I thank so much for for come, for for asking me to talk. Yeah, really, thank really you so much. It. I honestly just think that, and actually, you and Mom and Patrick have all really been able to do jobs that are really unique. And having a unique job isn't really always the goal for people. No. But you've actually really done super unique jobs that most people will never do in their lives, let alone know someone that does that job or has done that job. And um, I think that I'm sure you've gotten so many questions over the years of like, how do you be a spy? How do I do that? How did that happen? Right. And so thanks for coming on and telling people about that because they're going to think it's so cool. Well, I have enjoyed it. And I thought it was so cool. Okay. Thanks so much, Dad. We'll have you back soon. And I love you very much. Thank you. Love you too. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.